Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Originally designed to help babies grow, but not much else, traditional infant formula often falls far short of delivering the same benefits as breast milk, which also boosts immunity, contributes to cognitive development, is more easily digested, and supports the microbiome. But that may soon change as emerging cohort of companies race to bring to market options that more closely resemble human milk. By leveraging cutting-edge technology, advanced nutritional research, and a new mindset that prioritizes not just baby's health, but also caregivers' well-being. Among the companies leading the charge is the startup Helena, which uses precision fermentation to recreate immune-equivalent proteins previously only available in breast milk. BioMilk, which uses cellular technology to culture human mammary cells that lactate, is another player, as is Byheart and Bobby, which are creating cleaner formulas free from heavy metals, pesticides, and antibiotics commonly found in the packaged consumer goods segment. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Helena founder Laura Katz discusses how she's moving the needle for infant formula to be closer to breast milk with precision fermentation, and in doing so, empowering caregivers to feel better about their feeding decisions. She also shares how a recently closed 20 million Series A fundraise will help Helena scale. Finally, we take a look at the competitive landscape including updates from other innovators and where there's still room to grow. So given the differences between traditional infant formula and breast milk, it's relatively easy to see how breastfeeding became the gold standard in infant nutrition. But for a variety of reasons, it isn't always an option for caregivers. For those who can't or choose not to breastfeed, Katz says that she wants to bring to market a high-quality option that is as close to breast milk as possible, not just in terms of nutrition, but other benefits as well. Started the company after spending a full summer interviewing parents to learn more about the challenges that they face when they feed their children. And what I learned very quickly is that breastfeeding is not always um, the choice that parents want. Some people don't want to breastfeed. Some people can't breastfeed for a lot of different reasons. So I think that there is a lot of shame and stigma around not being able to breastfeed, but we're in an environment in which women in their careers are rapidly, you know, growing, which is really exciting. A lot of parents have to return to work fairly quickly after they have a child. Um, Maybe you've got a very long maternity leave, but you for so many reasons can't breastfeed and parents should feel that moving towards formula or, you know, even starting with formula is a great option as well. Um, And so I think that part of the messaging that Helena will bring to this world is that is best as long as you're feeding your baby, you are doing a good job as a parent and you're doing everything you can. um, And that's, that's all you can ask for. Pa- parents go through so much after after they have a child. This should not be something that makes them feel 
shame or guilt or bad about what they're doing because they're probably doing a really good job. That said, Katz recognizes that many of the infant formula options currently available are not to the same caliber as breast milk. But, she says, technology, and specifically precision fermentation, has evolved so that it's possible now to recreate components of breast milk, just as it's possible to create components of dairy milk or animal protein without the animals. What we do at Helena is, right now, we are recreating the proteins found in breast milk using precision fermentation. So we train yeast to become little cell factories that then spit out proteins that look just like those found in breast milk. And we're taking those proteins that we've created and putting them into our own formula. Uh, That is the first product that we're developing and creating a completely finished product that will be the most human-like formula on the market and selling that as a finished good. There's a lot of other use cases for these proteins. So while these are breast milk proteins, they're human proteins, and they provide immunity to baby. We decided to start with proteins because we don't see human proteins on the market right now, and there are lots of different proteins in breast milk, but there are a core set of proteins that have really incredible function for baby that we don't see yet in the consumer market. So that is something that hasn't been done and one of the reasons why we've decided to start with making proteins. Uh, Where we're not developing these ingredients ourselves, we are sourcing ingredients from the market like probiotics uh, and like oligosaccharides that will help us create the most human-like formula. Um, Yeast is a really great platform for making new proteins and there are a lot of really great um, success stories of companies in the last five, six years that have brought new protein sources to market using yeast as a production method. Uh, so essentially what we do is we program our yeast or we, we basically give our yeast instructions on how to make these human proteins. Um, this is a really effective kind of technology because yeast, um, I mean, we've been using yeast to make all different kinds of foods for thousands of years, like bread and like, you know, beer. And so it's a really easy thing to work with from a large-scale production perspective. So we take the yeast, we say, okay, we're going to teach you how to make a human protein. We feed the yeast all of the nutrients it needs to grow and ferment. And during that fermentation, it's going to spit out of the cell proteins that look exactly identical to what's found in mother's milk. So that's the technology that allows us to make this food ingredient that has never been brought to market before. And it's a really, it's just been proven now time and time again with a lot of great work that's been developed by other companies in this space. It's a really good platform to make unique components uh, and will allow us, I think, most importantly, to mimic those structures in breast milk that um, give us confidence that these proteins are going to behave the same way when babies eat them. So have the health benefits like uh, the protein, the first protein that we've developed is an anti 
uh, infective, so it teaches the body how to fight against infection, which helps us build our immune system. Um, so we can do the development of that in our lab and do the testing to make sure, okay, it is having these functions um, and ultimately bring this product to market with, you know, these human proteins that are going to have these exceptional functions that we just don't see in commercial formulas to date. While precision fermentation is making possible what once was impossible, it's still expensive and time-consuming, which means it may be a while before Helena's proteins are available on store shelves. But Katz says a recent 20 million Series A fundraise brings the company one step closer to producing its proteins and finished product at sufficient scale to feed the next generation. The fundraise, which closed light last year, was co-led by Spark Capital and Siam Capital, with additional investment from primary venture partners, Plum Alley Investments, and others, and will primarily go towards manufacturing and commercialization costs. We're still in a place that developing anything, anything through precision fermentation is expensive. It takes time, and it takes a really big team of great scientists. We have an incredible team at Helena of all different types of people and to keep these people in their seats and also to grow the company to support all the different functions that we need. That's really what the capital is going to be used for. So we do the development of the fermentation in our own lab. Uh, So we work in a lab scale fermentation system, little, you know, up to 10 liter fermenters, but 10 liters is not enough to produce protein to feed a lot of babies. So we are currently in the process of scaling with partners. Uh, We don't have our own manufacturing capabilities right now. So there are commercial partners that have large fermentation facilities and you work with them to transfer your process and all of the parameters that make your fermentation successful and they can do that in much larger volume. So that's really the critical stage that we're in right now is this scale process. What's interesting about fermentation, and a lot of folks in the field will tell you this, it's interesting and frustrating is that fermentation doesn't scale linearly. So what that means is if we're working in 10 liters in our lab, you take it to 100 liters, and things will change. And fermentation is a, it's a biological process, so it's mostly predictable. That's why we use the term precision, because there's a lot of precision that goes into these processes, but things can change. And so you have to, at every 10x volume, kind of re-strategize the process of fermentation to get it exactly how you want it. So it does require, in the scaling process, a good amount of research and development as you go. Um, So that's really where the collective mind is at right now at Helena, is how we take these steps uh, and how we can most successfully get to a production volume and do the research and development as quickly as possible, knowing that we will have to redo a lot of work at these 10x scales. At the same time Helena is scaling production, it's working closely with FDA to ensure that the products meet rigorous safety standards for infant formula. 
Once it has FDA's approval, Kat says the company will have a better idea of when its product will be commercially available. Getting to FDA, I mean, that's our focus right now. We've been in communication with the FDA, and we really see them as a partner through this process. It's their best interest, and it's our best interest to establish safety and to make sure that safety is the number one most important attribute of our product before we actually sell it to consumers. So that is really the thing that we're focused on right now. And as we work to establish safety, I think we'll have a better handle on timing to market. But it's a lot of these important tests that we're running right now and that will continue to run that will help us to kind of better establish what a timeline could look like. As Elena moves through the steps necessary to scale and go to market, several other players are also working with FDA to bring to market innovative new infant formulas that could dramatically change the competitive landscape. Among those is Biomilk, spelled with a Q at the end, which is culturing human mammary cells that lactate to create a whole human milk product that could be ready to go to market as early as this summer if it gains regulatory approval. Biomilk, spelled with a K, which recently rebranded as Wilk, is another biofood tech innovator that's using cell-based production to produce both human and animal milk from milk-producing mammary epithelial cells. The rebrand represents the company's collaborative approach to revolutionizing the milk industry by replacing the M in milk with a W that stands for we. Much like Wilk, Helena doesn't view competition from others in the $50 billion infant formula space as a bad thing, especially given its projected rapid growth in the coming five years when it's expected to reach $109 billion. Rather, Kat says caregivers need more, better options, which she says she's excited to bring to market and see others do as well. I have a mentor that I'm going to bring up here because I think that it's really applicable and somebody who's worked in the food industry across so many different categories. And when I got started, he said to me, look at the cereal aisle. There's a lot of different products that suit different people's needs because some people like a certain cereal, some people like something else. Uh, And I really feel the same way about this category that what's incredible to see with all of these new players coming to the market is the diversity and the choice that we can bring parents. So while, of course, there will always be competition, this category is so big. And I think what this shows is not only, you know, new companies are coming to market, but that this probably means that people are really hungry for something that isn't um, available to them right now. So I do think that all of these new players, it's really for us exciting to see that so many people want to move this industry forward. And I don't know that there's necessarily one right way to do that. I think the right way is to be able to give parents option and to be supportive of them however they choose to feed their baby. That's really the value that we hold at Helena is that we want to empower parents with how they feed their children, whether it's using our product or anything else that they find is the best for them. I think in terms of what we have to consider is this category is, of course, highly regulated as it should be because we're feeding babies and 
their growth and development is highly critical when this is the only product they're consuming for months of their life. This is all they get. And so when we think about the advancement in this category and innovation, I do think it happens in a much more kind of smaller incremental way because every single thing that gets added to a formula, uh, ingredient by ingredient, needs to be evaluated in its own right to ensure safety. And so I think there are certain technologies that might lend themselves better to that than others. But ultimately, this is an area that requires a lot of research, a lot of development, and time. So just getting to market and um, putting these new options out for parents is really challenging. It's doable, but it just takes a lot, a lot of research and care and safety. So I think that with that, there's a lot of great players, but everybody's going to move at their own pace because we're all going through a lot of similar but some unique um, challenges based on the technology platform that we've chosen to use. While Helena currently is focused on the infant formula category, cats see significant potential for the technology and human proteins beyond babies. She explains that she wants to create an entirely new category of food immunology that will leverage precision fermentation to create proteins with immune-boosting benefits. We think about the trajectory of Helena and what we look like beyond infant. There's a lot of applications that we can use to create a new category of food that I have been kind of thinking of as consumer immunology. So helping to bring immunology to the forefront of food as we expand the definition of nutrition to include not just vitamins and minerals and calories, but also immunity. Uh, So it is our intention as we grow to use the technology in different applications. But for now, as we launch and they laser focused on getting a product to market. We're really focused on infant formula uh, and humanizing that and taking it through the whole process and ultimately being, being the ones who sell it as well. So even though there are still significant milestones to reach and hurdles to overcome, the promise of new technologies to help level up the nutritional value of infant formula and other categories is certainly one to watch. With that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.